0: Welcome to Sonic the Comic, the podcast, your online Sega explosion to the worldwide world of Sonic the Hedgehog and his wacky ways. It's the podcast where we look back at life in the '90s via the UK's official Sega comic, Sonic the Comic, and this issue is number fifty-one. Of course, it is. It's the one after fifty.
1: <laughs> we are the humans who think we're in charge. My
0: name is Chris McVilly. My name is Dave Bulmer, and I'm sorry. His wacky what? <laughs> his wacky. W-s. Well, that's me told. So, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> this is, as you said, issue 51, uh, cover dated May the 12th, 1995, released April 29th. And uh, this is a cover to set mm. longtime readers into a tizzy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm in such a tizzy. I'm in a tizzy right now.
1: It's another uh, Carl Flint cover. Yep. And we've got Amy in a new Mm get-up with a a white shirt there with a red heart
0: on it and a little green skirt have we really not seen that before no i did my research on this one. wow okay because that is amy's like costume going forward as i think of it she's doing the old sonic pose
1: get the arm back the one leg up ready to run off because beside her is a brown hedgehog looking very much like sonic used to look before he turned
0: blue before he turned blue but it isn't sonic he hasn't been depowered again Cause he's there as well. He's being shoved back by
1: Amy. As she's like, Yeah, I'm done with this, now I'm done with this blue guy now. This is my new bow yeah. type uh visual, which is not at all the content of the story, but it's <laughs> it's the line the cover's going with. Mm. And uh, the very strange cover line, Sonic's double tonic. Shaken or
0: stirred. Yes. Mm, yes, okay. So they're going with the fact that it's tonic and then yeah. Mm. Mm.
1: yes as we'll see when we get to the story later in the issue the character's name is tonic but when
0: you don't know that reading
1: the cover line (laughs) it's just a load of nonsense isn't it nonsense 100 (laughs) percent yeah, and it's advertised as a two timing new story. It's it's a new Sonic's world story starting this issue to replace Captain Plunder, which ended last issue. So yeah, they're doing
0: this two timing line, which is not what the story is about. I am baffled. That, that that simply doesn't happen. It's like those classic Superman covers, isn't it, where they've just yeah, put yeah. a different thing on the cover,
1: huh? Plus, there's another new story, Sonic in disaster. disaster? Although we have this, I have the same reaction to that claim now as I did back in the day which is this isn't a new story at all it's the next part of what we've been reading for the last four issues the last issue ended on a cliffhanger mm. and this one picks up but it is labeled part one it is also inside shinobi and tails and a shinobi pinup yeah and we've also got a free
0: gift this issue now we haven't physically got the free gift mm, sadly. I, I took this off and used it so we've had to use some thinking to figure out which one it was no that this uh, issue came with a set of tattoos and I just had a little pause there because I was wondering to myself, well, where on the cover did the tattoos go? Because there's yeah. all text in the corner where you would normally expect them, so I guess they must have covered up Sonic. Yeah, I've just copped to it. Yeah, that's the deal, isn't
1: it? It's almost sort of supposed to, I can see on the, the image I'm working with here that there are some tiny tear marks um, oh. over Sonic's head, and, and you can see it's by his foot that the old free tattoo is missing, alert your news agent, Linus. So I guess it's almost sort of supposed to be a little uh, surprise. It's like a little interactive thing. Yeah. You see the cover, you see the brown Sonic, but then you lift the tattoos. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't remember having that uh, uh, reaction to it, but that's got to be what
0: it is, isn't it? I have done a sterling job of taking them off my copy because... There is no, there are no tears anywhere, but if I just shine the light on it at the right you angle... You can see
1: where some of the glass isn't there anymore. Not
0: even that, it almost looks like two creases, but I can't feel them with my finger. The top and bottom of the sellotape would have been there uh. and there. There's just the slightest little, you know, observable mark very well taken off dave i must have done that very very slowly when did comics switch to using that gummy substance that gummy tacky stuff i don't know but i love that stuff i love that stuff comes right off no bother with that stop pulling at that, fiddling about with it. I don't care what the free gift is. I'll fiddle about with the oh, stuff. Okay, well,
1: my fondness for it is because it wasn't sellotape, so you could safely remove it from oh, comics right. without any, any concern. <laughs> but this is 1995, and we have not yet developed that
0: technology. No, it won't be long.
1: Yeah, so this is a second set of tattoos, following on from the gold and silver ones from mm. last issue. These ones are full colour, uh, though there are a little... Um, there are some repeats from last uh, last issue in well, Full Colour. Well, we
0: can't... We simply can't have any instance in which Sonic Clipart is being used without having the winking Sonic face.
1: Yep, it's
0: there. It's gotta be there. It is there. Uh, we've got the Amy head, the Roberto Corona-drawn
1: Amy head from pulled from her first strip yes, back the, Christmas the issue. the tilting
0: puzzled one. Which I think, is, mm-hmm. isn't she looking up at some badniks going overhead or something? She's yeah, that's worried. what's in context. Very strange yeah, yeah. that that's the drawing that they've gone with for every single thing.
1: I think it's just they had basically... Made a piece of clip art out mm, of it, yeah. Remember to put on the control zone, yeah. And I think they used it even in the title bar of the strip, didn't it? Yeah, so they've got that, yeah. Basically, is that obviously Sega weren't in the habit of providing um clip art of Amy to no, work well, with.
0: well, and if they had, it would have been wrong, wouldn't it? Because her hair would have been wrong, oh, yeah, it would have
1: been, <laughs> wouldn't it? We've got a Knuckles gliding, a Tails pointing, looks like, and we've got a Robotnik who is pointing, but he is pointing down as if to say bow before
0: Yes. Me. Oh, yes, good point. I always sort of saw it as a kind of, you know, your country needs you parody, but no, I think it is that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is uh, the STC logo itself. You know, now, I had a, a mm. sort of a funny realisation about the STC logo this week, and I don't know <laughs> what on earth prompted it, but... Um, Many listeners of this program will be aware of the the American fast food restaurant, Sonic. Mm. And it's not the sort of restaurant you hear mentioned in media very much. So I didn't have any exposure to it from watching cartoons or films or anything in the 90s as a kid. But when I got online for the first time and discovered it. Or, you know, it's possible I may have even driven past one while in holiday in America Mm. with my family in the late 90s before I would have even got on the internet. And anyway, when I learned it existed, (laughs) I just assumed it had something to do with the hedgehog. (laughs) And I've always remembered that I did that. In my head, I've always assumed I must have made that assumption because it was the 90s and I was an idiot child and the the hedgehog was king. But, But I realized suddenly that the logos are basically the bloody same. Yeah. That's, the, it's, the, it's the sort of connection that only somebody from the UK could make. Yes. The Sonic the Comic logo, the word Sonic the Comic, in front of a big, right pointing triangle yeah and the sonic restaurant logo which did not exist at this time it came Mm. in in the late 90s
0: oh this is what i was wondering yeah it's the word sonic on top of a
1: left pointing big triangle yeah and i just made that that's the reason my little child of the uk brain Mm. seeing sonic and triangles
0: it's, it's so similar. It's not, it, it's it's so not weird. an incidental comparison. Like, yes, they're different. Sonic the Burger Chain is in capitals and ours isn't, for example. Yeah,
1: in fact, there are two triangles. There's one triangle pointing left, and then there's another triangle yes. behind
0: that triangle pointing right. It's just the fact that the triangle behind the letters, the relationship between them is the same. The letters are yeah. bigger than and pop out of the triangle at both ends of the triangle. In exactly the same way. It like, honestly, I do sort of wonder if they did see Sonic the comic and went (laughs) there, we'll have that, and maybe put that on temporarily on their letterhead and then hastily changed it or something. It's so similar.
1: um, (laughs) I gather that the design of the Sonic... Restaurant uh-huh. logo was inspired by like the physical shape of the signs that would be up outside it. You see that sort of thing in films. We don't, we don't, it's like we don't have a point of reference for this sort of thing, it yeah. just doesn't exist in art. Our... But, um, yeah, you know, you know, like think of Happy Days, Arnold's Day, and mm-hmm. big, big light up sign like that where the letters are coming out of the, yes. of the circle,
0: you know, apparently inspired by that. I mean, that confused me when I saw that being said because it's like. Okay, well, why did they make the sign that shape then? That doesn't answer the question. It just defers it's, it's it back just, a few d- years. It's because it's dynamic. You know? Well, and I guess it's yeah. Is is it like the equivalent of one of those ones that's like a big arrow with lights around it? They're pointing to the restaurant. Yeah, I, uh,
1: maybe I don't know. I never thought about it before, but after having this realization, I thought about it a little this week, and I thought perhaps the um the blue triangle on the Sonic the Comic logo is supposed to be like a you know a blue Sonic spike. Mm. Mm, yeah, maybe. quills. No, in the future, this will uh, change colour repeatedly. In fact, you know, the, the logo will basically never have one consistent... I guess, I guess it's it's red quite often, but it will change all the time going forward. Do you know
0: what's, what's never occurred to me before? Just looking at it now on this issue here. Sonic the comic, the logo. Yeah. It's rubbish. It's not very good, is They've it? They've just <laughs> written Sonic in any font, lowercase. Whereas Sonic the Hedgehog, the game had a specific font for the name Sonic, and they haven't used that. They've just written it in any font. Well, we are
1: only a couple of months away from the redesign, which does have a better logo.
2: So
0: (laughs) we'll see when we get there. uh, Hey, I don't know if this is universal for everyone or if this is algorithmically just for me, but I have done a Google image search for Sonic the comic logo, and the fifth result... Is Sonic the Comic the podcast's logo?
1: Bingo, bingo! Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Isn't that
2: SEO? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we've got a welcome screen that's the usual sort of thing it just sort of says what's in it and then halfway through he jumps into the future
1: yeah <laughs> blow up the balloons because there'll be party popping excitement in stc number 53 two issues away mm-hmm. second birthday issue oh. a brand spanking new sparkster oh. series i forgot sparkster was yeah. coming Pernac, me too yeah so looking forward to that Although, um, I mean, I always remember my reaction to Sparkster was that it was based more on the new Sparkster game rather than the Rocket Knight Adventures game that had already been out uh, right. on uh, Mega Drive. Got to be it. up to date, got to be up to date. Yeah, so the baddie wasn't the same. No. It was full of support. And was a, there was a princess and mm. stuff, you know. <laughs> it didn't have Axel
0: gear in it, the evil purple armoured possum that you fought. And I was like, yeah, yeah.
1: Axel Gear. is a good
0: name. It is a good name, but it's only like having tails in STC, isn't it? From the off, you gotta you gotta be up to uh, date. But
1: that's not being up to date. That's being <laughs> the, well. It's like street. It's more like Streets of Rage, isn't it? Mm. Where they Adam doesn't exist and Max doesn't have a surname and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, Knuckles returns for a truly chaotic x- time wait what Plus that is quick oh no i remembered uh, chaotix comes immediately on the heels of the end of wow this big storyline at this point now we are truly into the absolute snowball that carries us through the rest of this year where one thing is just the next
0: god we were so lucky i mean this is like up until now maybe i was reading stc because i always read stc and because the metallic story was good Now I'm reading STC because it's just the best comic. And the fact that it just (laughs) doesn't stop being that for so long. Fantastic. Can't wait. Plus there's a Sonic Drift Racing pinup, which doesn't seem
1: like the most exciting thing to advertise.
0: No, but based on our previous discussion in in a recent episode... We ought to note that it says there's a racy double page Sonic Gift Racing <laughs> yes, pinup. So they're aware of the connotations of pinup, it turns out.
1: Plus, this is a double page one. They don't normally oh, say it's a double page pinup. That up, is a, no, I, you know? What did we say? That was a pullout. Or a poster. Yeah. Even. We usually find pinup reserved for the single page mm. and then down the center as we um well we'll never know what was going to be in the control zone for issue number 50 after they goofed <laughs> on it last time we've speculated it was directions on how to apply your tattoos uh if so maybe it's a slightly good thing that it got lost to time because then we would just have exactly the same damn thing again
0: this <laughs> issue. yeah yeah, as we've been we've been flailing around, unable to figure out what to do with our tattoos from the previous two weeks. Yeah, and now no, finally do. instructions I look for a
1: fortnight. They've just been. Like, what do I do? I do, yeah. do I do they go here? Do I eat them?
0: Yeah, <laughs> we had our we had our little presses scribblers out trying to scribble on the back of them. That didn't work. Yeah, do you remember
1: whenever t- uh, transfers would come with those little mm, plastic key looking pen looking things.
0: Yeah, they had that
1: triangular head yeah. on them. And, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, bring them back. <laughs> Bring back... That was the most genuine
0: little... Yes! That oh. <laughs> just, just
1: fired up a primal memory for you.
0: Bring back everything that doesn't exist, that did exist in 1995, except for certain wars and inequalities. Apart from that, bring everything back. Literally everything. <laughs> set up a little theme park, set up an enclosure, and let me just go there and live there, eating my blueberry hubba-bubba <laughs> and me... My- pizzeria crisps come see the incredible
1: 90s boy yeah you've
0: never seen a baseball cap so backwards (laughs) (laughs) and putting transfers on my bed and i'll just live there and everything will be good that's what i'll do Once upon a time, still be open. (laughs) Children's world still
2: open. (laughs) Oh, they just build
0: an entire children's world in the enclosure for you. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, everything that I personally like from 1995 has to be in this theme park. That's what this podcast is. Yeah, this is my own personal 1995 theme park, (laughs) and you're welcome to join us,
1: boomers. And speaking of things that are very nineties. Please note, these tattoos are safe, non-toxic, and easily removed. In bold, easily yes. removed. Real tattoos are not. They can permanently mark you and lead to skin problems. Oh! That's no good! For this reason, if you like the look of tattoos, stick to removable ones as they're harmless fun. Just say no, kids! Yeah. Me. It doesn't say just say no, but it
2: might as
0: well. That's the thing about tattoos that I've heard is that they can permanently mark you. Yeah, tattoos. it's almost as if that was the point of them or yeah, something. yeah that but the, you know what you know what this means it means that whoever screwed up on the control zone last issue fist right in their mouth they are chewing their nails right off they're terrified of the lawsuits when kids immediately go out and get <laughs> real tattoos as a result of those it does make you wonder why they use the word tattoos if it was so taboo you know like why didn't they say i don't know skin transfers skin transfers No, oh, wait
1: that's,
2: yeah skin graft <laughs> that graph. sounds worse somehow sonic yeah.
1: skin graft that sounds like some kind of sci-fi procedure doesn't <laughs> it it does John Spartan are you willing to engage skin transfer
0: <laughs> and then he's sonic after that <laughs> sonic
1: disaster part one written by Nigel Kitching art by Richard Elson letters by Ella Tafel that's Fell this time, not Ellie DeVille, who has been doing so many of the Sonic hmm. strips lately, but uh, it, it, just because sometimes people can't tell the difference whenever we say the names I'd like. Yeah, they're similar names. Using the power of the Master Emerald, Dr. Robotnik has launched the Death Egg at last! As the Sky Sanctuary crumbles out from under them, Knuckles is forced to glide while carrying Sonic on his back. When the Death Egg releases a swarm of Egg Robos to attack them, Sonic bounces from Badnik to Badnik to get close to the Death Egg and smash his way inside. While he begins fighting his way to Robotnik, Knuckles returns to the floating island and activates ancient technology deep within it, which allows him to Pilot the uh, island straight towards the death egg! Uh,
0: uh, yeah! Oh. oh actually calling the story Disaster after countdown, countdown to disaster. To disaster. Does yeah. So much brilliant work establishing the death egg as like a sincere threat. I thought it was going to be called disaster strikes. Mm, yes. Yeah. And that might have been a better title, honestly. <laughs> but it was just disaster. <laughs> Yeah. What a first page that also... Page one! Kaboom! in it. You've got a wide panel along the top of Sonic and Knuckles just looking at each other with concern as this light comes up through the clouds and then the rest of the page is just the death egg looming over them, breaking through the clouds which kind of billow around outside it. Look at... Even looking at this now, with all my knowledge of the, like knowing about the Death Star, knowing about all of this stuff, I find it very difficult to read this as any kind of joke about the Death Star or anything frivolous at oh, all. Oh yeah, no, this no, thing, this is—it's going to. This is
1: a legitimate terror. This yeah, is the apex.
0: Yeah, this is going to destroy the world. There is nothing silly about it. It's horrifying, and it's so good. Mm. And the Skyshine Sanctuary Zone,
1: following on from the end mm. of last issue, is crumbling. So Sonic and Knuckles do the they run up go the go spiral up the pillar, pillar, like from the games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do a jingle for that. Uh, well, uh, we we've almost reached sort of like the pinnacle of yeah, that I sort of thing. Yeah. We were a bit late, yeah. apparently. <laughs> we get this bit with grimer and robotnik inside as well Mm. and robotnik is just oh he's like a pig and he's loving it he's so
0: happy and he's (laughs) gripping with both fists a big elaborate steering wheel thing i
2: love that there's a
0: steering wheel i love that it's a one-man operation yeah (laughs) steering the whole death (laughs) egg he's just yanking it side to side it's kind of like um but it's not a wheel it's like two horn like imagine a a bike uh, it's like a yoke yeah like a yeah like a bike but, but curved upwards and he's gripping onto it, and it's got all sorts of little bits and gribbins coming off it, little little taps to turn.
1: And of course, the power source for the satellite is also in the steering room, in the control room. That makes sense. Yes, I guess. It, yes, <laughs>
0: exactly. You've got the you've got the master emerald hovering in a big pillar of light, just suspended in some sort of beam that they've got set up. The the thing that makes the beam has loads of pipes coming out of it. That's where the the yeah, that's where the power for that comes from. And then the master emerald is... Sits there zapping electricity everywhere. It's incredible. The entire power requirement of the death egg supplied by one emerald.
2: And without its power, the floating island will soon crash onto Mobius.
1: I was trying to remember if that was part of the story or not, because obviously we have this climax where the floating island starts to move. Because I remember what happened there, I couldn't remember if. The imminent crash of the island was the... Th- obviously, that, that the idea that without the emeralds, the island will crash has been established already. Mm. But the, the floating island does go on to do some pretty incredible stuff in this story that you'd think it wouldn't be able to do yes, I'm... if it didn't have the master emeralds. Yeah, yeah.
0: You've, you've already said in the little synopsis there that he, he pilots it and it moves around. I get This is the first time I've been looking at that part of the story and going, oh, I guess it's also falling. Like, it's going down, but he can move it about. Maybe.
1: it's. I guess it's not doing that yet. The, just the residual mm. emerald part. Mm. It's like with the Marxier-Werther story. Where oh, yeah. The, the zone get punched off the island and
0: it hovered there for a bit. And also, the Death Egg is actually quite physically near to the island still, so it might be enough. Well...
1: We don't really know, do? Because we? we don't know where the Sky Sanctuary is. No. You know, I guess if you take the games as read, yeah, the Sky Sanctuary isn't actually part of the floating island. It's something
0: adjacent to it. That's always bothered me in game and comic. I've, nobody has ever shown adequately where it is. I think mm. in the game, something about the fact that you go into that teleporter and the camera kind of zooms, like it pans up really fast. Yeah. You get the impression that the Sky Sanctuary is just above the floating yeah, yeah, island. Yeah. It's just the floatingest bit. Right at the top, but floating of its own accord as well. In this, I do not know where it is. It crumbles at the end of the game, too. Yeah. So it can't just be on the island. It's the same problem. Well, this is what I mean. So I think it flies of its own mm. accord higher up. But then we've seen... Yeah, yeah. But we've already seen the island in the comic and in the game, and there's never a thing flying above it. So I don't... Yeah, is it, yeah. It's, is uh... it one of these things where it's like, if we were Japanese, we would understand because of references and stuff? Like... Was there a a famous manga in the 70s where someone went to heaven and it looked like that? You know, something like that? I doubt
1: it somehow. (laughs) You'd think we knew what we were talking about on this show sometimes.
0: Wouldn't you? Wouldn't
1: (laughs) you? Anyway, Robotnik, uh, is oh, he's going to go and wipe out the Emerald Hill Zone. Oh, uh, in its new place will be a new zone. I think I'll call it the utterly and completely destroyed zone. <laughs> and I love this look on his face as he spots our heroes on the remains yes. of the Sky Sanctuary. <laughs> his
0: eyes just
1: pop open wide. Yes, you don't see his eyebrows adopt that position too often. And his mouth does the little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, And then the egg robos come out of the dead yes. egg and it's like, oh, we, I mean, we already talked about the egg robos and, and sort of like how they were special. Yeah badniks yes. um humanoid robots yes. that look like robotnik and the stc is built on that by having them be the ones that robotnik can talk and see through and everything
0: if you take the sonic games as a trilogy which at the time they were uh, sort yeah. of if you four part trilogy <laughs> uh, yeah um the egg robos are the final badniks this is the moment where robotnik has stepped up from little bugs and crabs and things to guys to robot to mechs the legs and yeah so they all come piling out they all shoot out they're flying around in the sky sonic is just bit bopping between them yeah oh it's a great panel he just goes <laughs> he's rebounding <laughs> off egg robos yeah to progress through the air which is something that's that becomes part of the games shortly afterwards it's always yeah
1: it's like the the early version of the homing attack bouncing from bad guy to bad guy to get to the other side
0: of a gap and it's always satisfying to do in the games i'm a bit unimpressed with how when it works yeah i i I'm a bit unimpressed with how they make it work because it makes Sonic feel like a homing missile rather than a bouncy mm. ball. But, oh, whatever. Refine it, you guys. Make it a bit better. But here he is doing it. He smashes in through a window and he's like, oh, if that's not a window ahead, I'm going to be a hedgehog pizza. But it is. <laughs> and now he's inside the Death Egg. How do you get in the Death Egg in the game? I think you just go towards you it. Just,
1: you? You're just there, yeah. aren't you? you? You run up the run spiral the spiry thing, and you get to the jump top of the spiral it. and you just
0: jump off screen. Yeah, so, so then, similar, we have to imagine that he gets in through a window, I guess. You know,
1: Hedgehog Pizza, I remember a gag <laughs> in a uh, one of the British Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic <laughs> strips, drawn by Richard Elson, in fact, yeah. about Hedgehog Pizza. And I wondered if it was a thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's consistently across the of of Richard Elsby
1: gag. Well, whatever they're they're fighting in a kitchen, you know, and Mikey is dodging blows from whoever the enemy is uh-huh. and grabbing a pizza and going, mmm, pepperoni, mmm, mm. whatever," you know. And then he goes, "Ew, I hate hedgehog pizza." And the bad guy's so taken about, he goes. <laughs> hedgehog pizza and he says something like taste for yourself dude splats the pizza in his face you know it's like it's a distraction move that he puts nice but didn't they make hedgehog flavor crisps yes they did haven't we so what was the deal with hedgehog flavor stuff
0: haven't we even covered the crisps on this show at some point i don't remember it well i did go and look this up but it's difficult to decide who to believe telling the story because they all seem to put in quite right-wing jokes about who does or does not quote eat hedgehogs but the story seems to go that for one reason or another hedgehogs were like just a punchline. well you know in the one of those things where it's like if you just mention the thing your audience will laugh and hedgehogs were one in the very start of the 80s and i think it was because there was this well publicized conservation effort that you're all supposed to join in with because hedgehogs are endangered so you were meant to build little dens for them to go and live in and because of that any hedgehog jokes came up and of course because of that the old myths about who does or doesn't eat hedgehogs was revived so eating hedgehogs and flattened hedgehogs just hedgehogs in general were a big punchline in 1981 and so there's this pub landlord who he invents these hedgehog flavor crisps but then billy connolly uh, popularized that by going there for something. I don't know if it was for a TV program or if he just talked about it in his stand-up. And then from that, some food company went, oh, brilliant, well, we'll buy that and we'll mass-produce it. And so there you go, Hedgehog Crisps. But that might all be completely made up. That's what I found online in a couple of places, but like i say with a couple of off color jokes in it that makes me wonder if it all came from one source so i don't know someone just made some crisps and said they were hedgehog flavored i mean i remember hedgehog flavored crisps yeah
1: but this you're saying this was in the 80s and i would have sworn Apparently. it happened in the 90s but the,
0: yeah i think they brought it back it must have been must one of those happened
1: again yeah. it
0: must have been one of those running gags where everyone's like remember this let's do it again yeah. yeah looking at a picture of them it says on the back of the pack for every 20 hedgehog tokens you collect and send to us we shall make a donation in your name to the British Hedgehog Preservation Society. And the tokens are, of course, on the back of the bag, and you cut them out. So they already had all the tokens. I don't know why we were required at all. <laughs> they printed them sent us out to us we sent them back seems like a waste of time to me cut out the middleman just make a donation of course this isn't a joke about hedgehog flavoured anything no. I've just spun us off down this
1: garden <laughs> path by remembering a turtle's joke about hedgehog flavoured things so anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets in and then and then we, he goes He goes looking through the death egg and he's like how am I going to find him in a place this big and it's the big central pillar yes, from the game, from the, from like the background in the of the, the death authentic. egg level in the game death
0: egg background and Richard L Has given us the majority of a page just looking at that. You know, looking at this, I would have never said this before, but I think there are some discrepancies with the scale of the death egg in this comic. Yeah, right. I mean, I thought the same thing. Mm. That's
1: if you assume that what we're seeing here is the curvature of the death egg.
0: Also, I've just realised how close to the camera Sonic is, so it could actually be that that curvature, because we are looking up at the top where the pillar meets the ceiling, so obviously it has to meet at that point and it could be hundreds of miles away. So I'm probably just wrong. It could be, but
1: no, I know what you're saying. We don't have anything to scale it against. We just have Sonic and Sonic is standing somewhere. And like you say, like the question is... Is this genuinely the central column of the yeah, Death Egg and the way the walls curve out for it? Is that literally... That can't literally just be the, if you'll pardon the pun, shell <laughs> of the Death Egg.
0: And everything's just in the shell.
1: Because then that just means the Death Egg is just hollow with well, a like, stick
0: running down the middle of it. and it can't That's be. what I always thought it was. I mean, it's a very big stick. <laughs> 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 but we don't need to speculate because Nigel has sent us the script for this one. The description of this panel is big picture of the interior of the Death Egg. This is an absolutely massive room brackets the hollow center of the death egg oh well no that's just a hollow center that doesn't mean it goes on and really weird looking refer to the video for this so because he's videoing this for richard yes tip in the game try to give the feeling of the hollow globe of the death egg in the distance, we can see the curved wall of the far side of the Death Egg. Centrally, there's some sort of massive pillar coming down vertically, and Robotnik's piloting position is inside this central pillar. So it looks like, at least in Nigel's uh, mind, it was hollow. Fair enough, then. That wasn't my impression playing the uh, the no. game. But, as we've talked about loads of times, when you in those days, we thought the comic was true, so we were playing the game and the comic as if yeah. they were the same thing. So I always imagined the levels were, like, inside those outer walls, or like... On the inside of those outer walls, you know what I mean. Like it's one big level. Well, Sonic does. Once he smashes through the
1: window, he does go down a, a short corridor and through a door before he gets to where mm. he is. So I, there is some kind of that's the shell. the shell of the Death Egg itself has corridors within it. So I guess that's you know. the
0: thing. I'm, I'm comfortable seeing it as a hollow ball if the shell is allowed to be extremely thick. Mm. You know?
1: Well, I suppose it's not like there's anyone else in here.
0: (laughs) No. No, it doesn't (laughs) actually have to be this big, really, does it? It could be it's only that big for sure. No, but it's a statement of intent. Isn't it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, so this is the authentic interior of the Death Egg, which itself presumably is based on the Death Star interior. I'm, I'm sure there's a similar... Well, the Death Star isn't just a big hollow sphere with a stick down the middle of it. No, but I'm sure there is a similar background at some point in the film that's got some kind of central column to it. Oh, sure. I mean, you remember Obi-Wan goes out on a big... Oh, that the could be one thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, that might be it. Imperial. I
1: mean, you can see Robotnik as, already got one step up on the general imperial school of design because there's a bloody handrail
0: here (laughs) you're right yeah okay and then we get a whole page and it's one of the ones i've always remembered i didn't remember Mm. it was a single page of nothing but sonic jumping about punching and bopping badniks in various ways no the bit i remembered is sonic going what on earth do you call these new robots what does he call you anyway and they are called the spike bunkers yes and these are badniks say it with me now from, from the, the game <laughs> and they are called from the spike death Egg level of the game and that's their name yeah and someone goes spike bonkers you gotta be kidding and i like that that's one of those moments where nigel is like look i can't justify this so i'm just gonna highlight it <laughs>
1: Yeah, but not in a cynical way, not like uh, where Wonderboy would make fun of the mechanics of the game or whatever. It's just like, that's a very silly name. I
0: wonder if we would be annoyed at the same line if it was in that strip, just because they'd done so many others. You know, in the same way that if Mm -hmm. Nigel ever writes, I wish Sonic was here, we probably wouldn't mind it all that much uh, because of his other track record, I suppose. Yeah,
1: (laughs) well, when you take it all within the context of the writer's work, sure, yeah.
0: Yeah. But anyway, it's a great little bit. Spike bonkers, and as he says this, he's cracking two of their heads together, and they've got yeah, one they googly, googly eyes popping, eyes. popping out. <laughs> oh, we are treated to some of this stuff, and the fact that it it does feel like it does feel like it's quite long, but it's seven pages. Isn't it weird how STC has made seven pages feel like a hell of a lot of comics?
1: Well, that's it. Whenever everything else in there is four or five, mm, yeah. You knew you were getting... It was all about Sonic. Yeah. Seven pages up front, you know? And it
0: is to do with the work done here. It's not just what you get used to. Because, you know, between recording episodes of STC, I'm reading, you know... Other things. Yeah. And... I, the, I'm, there's a couple of manga books I'm reading at the moment. And, of course, they just go on and on and on and on, but they read very quickly. And yet, the adjusting that my brain has made to this world where five pages is normal and seven pages is long doesn't stretch to them i don't feel weird like there's millions of pages i have to get through
1: well i mean the thing about manga is it it really does fly past so quickly because that's the nature of of the pacing of the medium Mm. but then it's not this is such a specifically british comics thing Mm. because and i don't i don't mean to generalize except i do american (laughs) writers can't do this they just they haven't come up in the industry in the culture where that's what their comics do You can't get a a solid, satisfying American comic book superhero story done in five pages. It's just not a skill they possess.
0: Interesting that around this time and the decade before, a lot of the big-name writers in American comics, whose work and whose comics they made at the time, we still hear about now... A lot mm. of them were British. The British Invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Alan Moore's, you're Grant Morrison's, you're Alan Davis, you're Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Yeah, because what they brought with them was, imagine having this skill where seven pages is plenty for you and being given 20-some pages to play with. They must have put so much content into those comics that they would have all felt like a particularly good issue of STC where, mm. yeah, you feel like you're being... Given this rich amount of content, I wasn't reading their comics at the time, and I kind of wish I was because it would have felt like an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> but then um, we get the cliffhanger moment, which I'd forgot. You know, it's mm. funny how I'd
1: sort of forgotten about this when just an issue or two ago I was talking about like the ancient mist- magic technology yeah. of the floating island with the uh, the stone guardian in the Sandopolis pyramid. But yeah, we have ancient echidna technology in the bowels of the floating island. Knuckles decodes ancient like parchments and and papyruses covered in peculiar symbols. And yeah, he activated a big control chair and a console
0: and buttons and lights and everything.
1: And then the floating island starts to move! Oh, God. Watch out, Robotnik! I'm coming for you!
0: Yes, and LFL has really that I'm coming for you is great to look at isn't it it's, something, big, it's, yeah. it's so big and it's so well how shall I say it handwritten that it just looks fantastic <laughs> yeah. it is the coolest ending possible it's completely unexpected how does it work don't know brilliant knuckles is piloting an island don't know doesn't matter next
1: issue attack of the floating yes! island attack attack yeah. of. you don't maybe like you know that you don't know like all he knows is it's moving and that's an incredible exciting thing in and of itself yes. what happens next what's it gonna what's do it gonna though go you're know, just
0: gonna crash it into the death Dunk into its nose yes. that's how
1: we started this whole mess yeah.
0: four pages ago we were excited about the concept that one man with one steering wheel can pilot an entire death egg here's knuckles <laughs> piloting an entire island with a control deck and control screen he hasn't got noticeably he hasn't got a steering wheel it's too big for that you've got to program some stuff in proper like <laughs> old stone atlantean type yeah stuff. going zoom zumb- oh. oh it's cool is this the one and only time we're going to see Sonic clinging on to Knuckles's dreadlocks as if they're handlebars and steering him through the air? <laughs>
1: I do love that bit afterwards where he just literally stands on <laughs> Yeah,
0: surfs on him! <laughs> and it's like,
1: Knuckles doesn't look happy about it, but then it's just Knuckles' default expression to not look
0: happy. So. <laughs> yeah, he's just a grumpy one all the time. Because, don't forget as well, That for Knuckles, this is about 10 minutes after he's been beaten up by Supersonic and just gone, like, yeah, whatever, we gotta get on with this.
1: Even though he says he's never tried carrying someone while gliding. (laughs) So hang on! (laughs) He grabs the dreads, and I'm like, that's gonna hurt. (laughs) Oh, it's good stuff, and I'm looking forward to more of it yet. It's exciting times. We are Mm. at the peak of the golden age here. (laughs) Refusal! Refusal! Funny old reviews on yeah. this issue, now I have to say. And first, so we've got two games here. we got Speedy Gonzales and the Cheese Catastrophe for Mega Drive and the Scottish Open for the 32X. 32X. I believe that is our first 32X review. Oh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. But the Speedy Gonzales one is specifically labelled as a pre-release yes? version reviewed, and they've never had to label a, a, a review like that. No,
0: and even though presumably, like, well, I was going to say most of reviews in magazines would have been pre released but yeah, the, not yeah. necessarily depending on what country they came out in first. True, true, very true. Um, who made this? Does it uh, say? It's
1: Nick Prots reviews Speedy Gonzales. Mm. You know, no, I pulled this one up on YouTube, and I was yep. very impressed by the opening uh, cinematics of it. Yes, the animation was very nice, but the game itself did look as down Absolutely as he it as generic, being, isn't it? Bad music too. Yeah, twinkie 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 music, it will. Yeah, but um, this def- this also is one of those games where it sounds like somebody made the story up after the fact.
0: <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah.
1: The review itself doesn't mention it; just talks about um, how he's rescuing villagers and his fiancee Carmel from the clutches of arch enemy Sylvester the Gest. And uh, one of the levels is mentioned as being the Cheese Finger Corporation factory. But I, I pulled up the manual for this one because I was so confused um, <laughs> by the one-line summary of the story on um, on Wikipedia, which talks about Sylvester's
0: alias, Dr. Cheesefinger. Yes, so, Sylvester's alter ego, like, the dastardly Dr. Yeah. Cheesefinger, as we all remember from the TV, don't we? <laughs> yeah.
1: no. It, and I thought maybe the idea was that it was one of those types of games where, you remember the Daffy Duck in Hollywood game that we've yeah, seen reviews exactly, yeah. it was like the characters but transposed mm. into a scenario. Yeah. But no, it's just that Sylvester has, according to the manual, according to the paragraph of story blurb in the manual, and as far as I could see, not actually reflected in any of the cinematics or the content of the game. The idea is that Sylvester has uh, done a Wile e. Coyote style thing and, and uh, set up a, 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 used a fake name to lure the mice in and to capture them and everything. Right. And cheese finger. Doctor Cheesefinger of the Cheesefinger Corporation. Did
0: you get any sense that Doctor Cheesefinger existed before this game? Not in the slightest. It
1: don't look so great, anyway. What's more to say? Now there is stuff to say about the Scottish Open.
0: Surprisingly, Chris, I've been skeptical about the thirty-two X, as you know. Was it worth the price? Yeah. Would any of its games add anything to my life? Until this moment, because here we have a game <laughs> called the Scottish Open, and there are lists. <sighs> And there are charts.
1: I mean, I, I tell you, I flipped over to it and I was like, oh, God. And I was not interested because it's a Scottish game and it's just a spread. The Two of the three screenshots are spreadsheets.
0: Yeah, and the last one is someone playing golf.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's worse? <laughs> and it is more Lee Carvello's putting challenge. You can raise, you can lower, you can zoom. It's yeah. like, it's, yeah. But then it gets interesting. Oh, good. Do tell. Dave Given writes here that part of the game is the core design challenge challenge. The software publishers are offering a real prize to the first consumer to complete this challenge and send off an entry form. Mm. The prize is yet to be decided, <laughs> but it certainly injects some genuine excitement to the game. So you assume from that that it is a game mode of some kind in yeah. the game that you have to beat. So yeah. Presumably you get a password or a code or something when you beat it and you send that off. Yeah, there'll be a leaderboard or something, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to find out what the prize was, obviously, yeah. and that led me down quite the rabbit hole. Okay! Go on! This game didn't come out. No
0: way, we got you.
1: Uh, right. Why is
0: that a rabbit hole? That sounds like a dead end. Well, first of all, they've reviewed
1: it, so what the no. f- <laughs> But, this was originally announced under the name T Off for the Mega CD, and we've oh, heard that. That was in issue yeah. 40's News yeah. Zone. Then they moved it to the 32X, right. and it was renamed the Scottish Open, as we see it here. Then they renamed it the Scottish Open Virtual Golf. Mm-hmm. Then they renamed it Virtual Golf. Oh! And the 32X version was cancelled, and it was only released on the Saturn, and it never
0: came out in America. Oh! So what did Dave Gibbon review? Oh, yes. He's, so he's mm. theoretically got... He must... Mm. So, do we think that either... Eva- they were sent a preview of something that was supposed to come out and was ostensibly made and ready, or at least playable for review. Or do we think that he was sent a press pack and just
1: told some fibbies? That's my question, because they've gone out of their way, and I wouldn't even be thinking about it that hard uh-huh. if the Speedy Gonzalez review hadn't gone
0: out of its way to say they were playing a pre release version. Yeah which this doesn't yeah even though by the strongest definition possible this is as pre-release as you can ever get it's a pipe dream it, it never happened. happened i mean this this isn't
1: even a review when you actually uh-huh. look at it it's once again just dave just describes the game not you dave
0: mm-hmm. give no, him, Dave. no <laughs> i would never i would never stoop <laughs> you
1: would never describe. describe a game Yeah, he just describes the mechanics of the thing. Up, down, zoom, left. Now it does talk, I was interested in this because it talks about uh, like the three-dimensional nature Mm. of the thing and how it's a fully mapped out 3D course that, uh, you know, you follow in real time when you hit your ball. And that's the power of the 32X, you know. That wouldn't be in the Saturn version. Oh, the promo stuff. Oh. Uh, this again. This is all this information coming from our friends at Sega Retro. You can go read it for yourself.
0: Thank you, Sega Retro.
1: Which cites this review as the only existing review of the 32X <laughs> version of the game. All right. Yeah, it says the pre-rendered 3D stuff that was in all the press packs and the promotional stuff like that wasn't used in the finished Saturn game. All right right so you tell me that's not interesting
0: that is interesting sort of it's still about a golf game but it's interesting
1: it's still about a golf game so it's not it's not as interesting as it could be
0: but it's more about the intricacies and com- complications of the video gaming world than it is about golf so mm. now i'm suddenly interested <laughs>
1: I'm fascinated by the idea of the mystery prize, because obviously that that can't have been in the finished Saturn game.
0: Yeah, for such a specific thing, to have games magazines, if you count STC as one, being told to advertise the fact that this is going to happen, and then it just doesn't. I feel as if we've heard about other games doing something similar. Oh, having real world prizes. Hmm, something they were doing in those days. I can't think of anything. Maybe it wasn't in STC then. Yeah, what was that one? Uh, Hair
1: Razor. For the Spectrum, another yes. 80s computers back about a decade before this. Uh, it was based on a. It, it was like this, the computer game sequel to a, a book, a puzzle book that had the similar thing oh, going God, on. You'd get a really? real prize if you solved the very complex uh, puzzle in a book that would lead you to a geographic location where a statue of a jeweled golden hair was buried. And then, yeah, they made like a computer game that was a sort of sequel or sort of inspired by that. And it was called, yeah, Hair Razor. And uh, you get 30 grand if you did that, but nobody ever did because it was all a real sus affair. Nobody could make any sense of it. All right. Do you remember they did this on crisps? Uh, Not specifically, but it's definitely, I definitely feel like you're right. I remember
0: (laughs) when I would have been about, I don't know, maybe seven to nine sort of that uh, walker's crisps used to have little diamonds on the back just a little, Ooh, that's little token of a diamond yeah. and it would say something like you know topaz or whatever and this was where i learned the word topaz among others so i, I whenever yeah. i hear the word topaz I, I think of the taste of crisps mm, walkers <laughs> yeah I do. and um but what it was was that you could send off for a book and it was just full of puzzles and stuff and you put the little tokens in and like i think we did either we did have it and couldn't make head or tail of it at all or we didn't have it because it was so clear that it was going to be something you couldn't make head or tail of because there would be yeah, yeah, one yeah. person in the country who was going to win the grand prize so that was how hard it had
1: ARGs before they yeah. were ARGs but you, nice you love stuff. that collectible aspect of them I remember now in the mid 2000s there was a sort of uh, collectible card game I don't yeah. remember the name of it but it did the same thing every card had uh, riddles and <laughs> puzzles and stuff on it uh, and puzzles. I don't remember how it worked to be honest but it was an ARG type yeah. thing and uh, if you could solve them and uh, maybe they, you had to to link the borders of the cards together or something it was you know stuff like that but it's more fun the way you just described it where you get a book <laughs> and you Cut things out and yes. stick things in it. That's that's wicked sh- <laughs> the most recent line of Transformers toys from last year each came with a piece of a map and you cut it out of the package and you oh. put them all together and make a big map
0: of space. Oh, oh my <laughs> lizard
1: brain got into space, that
0: space. <laughs> a map of space. Can we can we do stuff now that we've got that? Can we like go to other planets now?
1: Uh no, there was a little piece of red plastic with every toy, and if you held it over certain <gasps> parts of the map, the
0: names of the planets. Oh well that sounds great. Oh, cool! <laughs> it was Mobius on there. No. No good, then. It was all from Transformers, funnily enough. <laughs> Forget it, then. Oh. Look at him there. It's old Joe. There he is. He's on a page, and he's about to pop a bloke. And the bloke's he, looking he, scared of him. It's an evil enemy black
1: purple cloud yep. ninja. And Joe's coming down out the sky with the big sword in hand, big foreshortened. Yeah. <laughs> And it's doing that thing you pointed out last episode, where you can see the st- yes. motion lines on the studs on his gloves and stuff, and then and the ends of his headdress.
0: What do you call that? Mm, he's got little the, the stud little- things on his headdress, and they in this they look like little claws or hooks, but it's because they're whooshing up i have already between that episode and this put that in a page of comic that i was drawing it's a nice little trick yeah (laughs) it's an all right little
1: poster but it does feel like the shinobi logo should be larger because there's a lot of negative space happening in the
0: top right yes you're right there yeah well that's john howard again i i don't think anyone else has ever drawn shinobi in stc or ever will no one is allowed no we're nearly at the end and you're just like yeah
1: just like with streets of rage not so long ago we're very close to the end because now we have
0: shinobi Shinobi. one Two, three, oh. Power of the Elements Part 5, written by Alan McKenzie, art by John Howard, letters by Tom Frame. Katomi sensei is able to use a mystical technique to remove the bullet that struck him and heal his wounds. When the Four Elements and the Yakuza return later in the night, the roof wielders are ready, ambushing and taking down the Yakuza thugs, leaving the Elements to face Musashi and his allies alone. But with their elemental powers, it's gonna be a tough fight for our hero. Just fighting in it. So like right, yes, yeah. it's, uh...
1: it's perfectly entertaining fighting. but it is at this point now flagging up how slight this final Shinobi serial is. Cause we are now on the penultimate chapter, as we pointed out. End of the previous one, Katomi Sensei took a bullet and in this one I was half joking when I said a couple of chapters ago that if martial arts movies have taught me anything it is that old Japanese men possess all sorts of magic powers of perception <laughs> and, uh, and physicality and here he claps his hands and they glow and he pulls the bullet out and
0: there's no wound so yeah mm, yeah it, what is he doing yeah I sort of interpreted it as some kind of like magnetism power or something like he was going to be an element but I don't know if it's, I don't know what he's doing
2: <laughs> that's because you Dave have a hair trigger for avoiding anything that looks too much like sports but dear listeners i just like you have seen the karate kid so i can recognize that lay on hands thing as being loosely yet clearly based on the reiki adjacent pain suppression technique that mr miyagi uses on daniel san's leg in the third act but more the clapping your hands together and then healing a guy part not the manifesting force fields with the power of air bending part All uh, right. okay uh, thanks sam the more you know
0: yeah
1: okay thanks sam I mean, he does it later then in the issue, mm. you know, whenever whenever the elements come back and attack. Um, he puts up a shield, yeah. Yeah, puts up a shield well, essentially I feel as if to block the... a blast of flame breath from that fire. That still
0: to me says that could be a magnet power, magnetic power, you know, I don't know. that. That's just one of those things that you could say any power can do, a shield.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could certainly imagine it as, uh, do you remember in the poster mic whenever uh, the, the Void and then Musashiya used iron hand technique mm. and their hands glowed green, but you could believe that it was just uh, a comic booky th- visual yeah. representation of them, you know, hardening yeah. their hands to make them like unto a thing yeah. of iron. It could be something similar, but you know, the idea that he's maybe he's made his whole arm mm. that, and he's blocking the blast of flame or whatever. But that doesn't, you know, making your hand hard it doesn't map onto pulling a bullet no. out and leaving no wound. Yeah. So what behind. he
0: does is he kind of he does things with his hands. He does twiddly things with his fingers, and this blue. Claps. Him. Yeah then he yeah that's right then he pulls them apart maybe that was it because okay between his hands there are these squiggly things get deep in on that really peer in on that we haven't done this in a while you can see the gel pen that john howard has used this white gel pen to make the squiggly things in the air mm. and you can see it again actually on the pinup i should have mentioned it then the uh, the whooshy lines on his on his arms and his shoulders have been colored in shut up have been colored in with this white gel pen that you can kind of See there. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there. yeah,
0: it's nice to see. I, I like that when you can see the materials they use because you know haven't mentioned it in a while. But these are fully painted pages that are reproduced mm. very yeah, well. So
1: I guess we don't feel the need to mm. mention it because it's just the standard. But yeah, just in case you're lit to the game yeah. or anything, yeah, you yeah, know this is this is the time uh, whenever. Yeah, British comics were were drawn by hand and yeah, fully painted using using actual paints
0: mm, and reproduced
1: very well. Now we will reach a point where digital coloring will come into it. Oh, yeah. we're a long way from
0: that yet. Yeah, yeah, thank Christ. <laughs> yes, it's, it's it's there are teething problems and mm, uh, digital coloring in the late nineties. Yes, so don't, uh, uh, STC yes. doesn't really last long enough for those teething problems to go away. Sadly, but uh, whatever. Mm. I bet it lasts longer than we think. (laughs) Yeah, I bet it
2: does. (laughs) Not
0: looking forward to it. It is just a fight, but it's a fight that's kicking off. So Old Man Rooftop's got whatever powers he's got. Old
1: Man Rooftop!
0: (laughs) Fire is breathing fire at him. Air is all like, I control the very air you breathe, which is terrifying, but then she just just kicks kicks him in the face and stuff. (laughs) Yep. so yeah it's turning into the sort of fight i can get behind
1: i get the impression i know i get the impression she's maybe um uh, levitating herself she's mm. controlling the winds yeah. to levitate herself look at the way the um the the streaking speed lines in the background of the panel where she kicks yes. him then turn into curving lines in oh with little that, scraps and leaves lifting and her over him yeah
0: yeah 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 didn't notice and
1: then that then she she lifts him behind him just as he's recovering from the kick and then kicks him in the back yep Air and kicks. That's her thing. She's mostly a kicking based. Mostly about the kicks. Two kicks, one use of air, you know, what are you going to do? Kicks by volume. (laughs) And that's, that's what happens. Yeah, I wish there was more to say about it because, you know, it's, it's, good entertaining There's a moment in here, um, I did joke a lot, uh, you know, where the baddies return and the air's like, spread out, find them, they must be here, they have no place to go. And the Yakuza off on their own is like, well, if it was me, I wouldn't hang around here to get killed. And then the guy who's gone with him starts to say, To right! Until they're ambushed by by the roof worlders and knocked out. But there's something charming about that is the idea that these uh, Japanese gangsters <laughs> who have all been talking in very serious <laughs> yeah. comic book martial arts crime movie dialogue not using contractions and
0: speaking very <laughs> formally i know i expect you to
1: hey too so far <laughs> right <My laughs> <a> f- <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i like the bit. <laughs> suddenly turned into that i like the bit on page four where fire activates his powers and goes none of you are a match for my power over fire and just beans himself in the face with both fists
1: I get the impression that's like a fire eater. He's lit his fists, which is his thing that he does. Yes. And then he's lifted them and he's, he's lit his breath. Oh, and he's breathing it out. Right. I get it. Oh, it is. It's not a great angle for the panel to truly... Well, it,
0: so what it is, what it is, listeners, is it's head on. And he, yeah. Chris is absolutely right. He's looking up. He's got his mouth open and lines are coming out of it. And on the end of those lines, yes, there are flames. But because of the angle, he's got both of his fists going into his face and, yeah. and lines coming out. Like, it just looks like yeah, it's like when the fire eater holds the,
1: the torch up in front of their mouth. Yeah. And, goes, and
0: that is but what happens in the We're next seeing panel. it head on instead of in profile. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. Oh, this is a nice one.
1: It's goes, people fighting with magic yeah, powers. What yeah, you yeah, yeah. like? You're going to not like it? Jeez. <laughs> to be fair to it, it is highlighting how slight the concept for this six-part serial is. You know, the last Shinobi serial was the one where like he solved the game problem. He rescued Naoko and and that was it. So they had to like come up with another story here. And it was like he could fight those guys that he spent the last two serials not fighting, I guess. I ain't got much more, yeah. but 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 it's just some cool fights. <laughs> <laughs> Our next issue, that old black magic is mm-hmm. the tag. And that's the final part, and that's gonna be the last Shinobi then. <gasps>
0: Well, my word Gosh, I'm gonna miss him But then,
1: you know, we turn around and we remember we've got Sparkster coming up Echo's coming back, Kid Chameleon's coming back So even though, once again, like Streets of Rage Something from the very earliest issues is now coming to an end We're still a good ways away from that sea change
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Graphic Zone
1: Attention, all you chocolate-chomping boomers out there! Easter may be gone for another year, but the egg-shaped feeling hasn't. Tails and Knuckles are seen here making an effort to feel fighting fit again. Even that bad egg, Dr. Robotnik, is getting physical. Yes, we have a keep-fit graphic zone. Yes, is an athletic-themed graphic zone, so
0: something anathema to you and i do but... <laughs> yes i'm uh, a little exhausted just looking at some of this some very nice pieces in this i know one, it's a
1: good one isn't it? yeah uh what do we kick off with bruce robertson from Barrack on tweed has done knockout sonic where uh we've got a big mm, a big muscly sonic yeah which... he's, he's mostly normal but he's got big muscly arms Big muscly arms and he does seem to have like pecs, oh he does maybe a six-pack there too yes and he's wearing shorts, too. You know, there's there's seeds of online fan art in this one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's punching... Uh, well, the caption they've added is punch bagnik. Uh, so I guess it's supposed to be a badnik of some kind, but it doesn't look like anything in particular. Uh, yes,
0: I was wondering if you would know what this was supposed to be. What he's punching is a green fella with four arms... And mm. two legs. He's got boxing gloves on each of his four hands. He's got these two yellow horns curving outwards from his green head. That's got a very particularly shaped mouth with it either mm. a lower jaw or a collar that's bright yellow where the rest of him is bright green. This has to be something, right? It
1: really does, but I can't place it. Yeah, no, puzzled on it
0: for a while. But either it's a particular badnik that we've seen or monster we've seen in in some obscure episode I can't remember, or it's one of those wrestler monsterman pockets or something. You know,
1: maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. An anonymous Boomer sends in uh, Dr. Robotnik <laughs> really enjoying himself. <laughs> I love this one. "Get Fit Doc," the caption written on the drawing by the, the artist and it says, and it's Dr. Robotnik in a sweatsuit. Lifting, uh, lifting little hand weights yes. and not looking happy <laughs> at <that>. all. <laughs> no. oh, sweat pouring off and big, argh, it's a big. It's quite a. Grimace. It's like a
0: Nigel Kitching shock drawing, isn't it? Shock reaction. Mm. Maybe that's. I get the impression was. it's been referenced off of something. Yeah, yeah. Right? But there's a lot of reference,
1: to be honest, going on throughout here because um, Manish Patel from Cricklewood has done uh, Knuckles standing in a boxing ring, and it's a straight copy of Nigel oh, yeah. illustration of Knuckles from the first page of the Knuckles strip from Sonic the Summer Special from last summer. Uh-huh. Except he's colored him red instead of that odd purple.
0: Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Manish Patel has uh, done some editorial there. It's decided that Knuckles ought to be red for some reason. I don't know. There's something a bit pinkish about it but it certainly isn't the kitchen Maroon, is it? It's not that purple. No, no. no.
1: It's, it's, it's just
0: red. Ra- Manish
1: <laughs> has definitely had the ruler out to put the rest of this one together. Oh,
0: yes. Very carefully drawn. Very straight it's good.
1: lines on all of this.
0: Yes, yes. No, his perspective is strong. And there's that logo on the floor that says Sega Dome, and he's written Dome in a, a Sega font. You know, they've come up with a way to do it.
1: Edward Knowles from Gillingham has done another muscly Sonic, <laughs> worryingly. Which uh, has got the Winky head? Yes, they very uh, carefully copied the Winky head. And uh, it's uh, it's a big, muscly Sonic lifting a big
0: dumbbell with S's on the end, S for Sonic and for Sega. And um, I mean, there's no avoiding noticing it. Sonic, he's got a bulge visible bulge uh, bulge in them trunks little bulge drawn on either side of the bulge Mm. there little bulgy lines his hog hog is fully illustrated yes (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh from ian Connolly of dublin we have hop skip and punch this is uh sonic is skipping and tails is having to go on a uh punching bag
1: again reference these are pulled from the day of the death egg yeah right
0: i wondered about the sonic
1: it's the sonic reacting in shock to tails being vaporized by the death egg and that's angry tails zooming up to go after the death egg
0: right yeah you're right from robert perry sheldon birmingham we have oh i love this one it's good in it it's a lovely little cartoony one. Sonic gets wheelie fit. Yeah, this was the one where they were stretching. <laughs> there's
1: always one. There's always one in these <laughs> themed graphic zones where they were like, oh, we, we this, uh, this one, where they're, they're pushing it, but where it's clearly not the intent of the piece, that they have just found enough of a similarity and they can make a joke in the caption to tie it all together and call it yeah. good. And it's a good
0: cartoony drawing of Sonic. Oh, it's a lovely cartoony drawing. Right. Riding a unicycle and he's got his big pedals and he's got his feet on the pedals got his smiley it's face so good
1: though yes. uh, it makes me like I would think that it was referenced off something except it doesn't look like anything I know yeah it's just it's such a good cartoonish drawing of Sonic I love it he's so uh, he seems like th- there's a bit of like sad am or, or adventures in there he seems to maybe have the the mohawk mm-hmm. but uh
0: no it's just really good I just really like it (laughs) just really good yeah Uh, another good one from Mm. Jessica Padkin-Taylor of South Wigston-Leicestershire Mega Drive owner Sonic Badge winner pedal power knuckles yes (laughs) This
1: is full blown original stuff. No copying here.
0: No, 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 no. This is a kid who can draw. So, what is it? It's Knuckles in a full tracksuit. Yep, with I heart exercise written across the top. Yes, on an exercise bike. Now, look, Mm. a bike is hard to draw at the best of times. Yeah. This is an exercise bike. She's drawn like a frame on it. Jessica
1: Padkin Taylor's mum or dad had an exercise bike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's no question. This is reference. It must be, mustn't it? Yeah. You're trying to do something at the same time. What are you Sorry, doing? Sorry. I've finished now. <laughs> and here's Jess. Hi. Hello. <laughs> this is Jessica Padkin.
1: Oh my God. Who has <laughs> you, you, been my mate
0: for a very long time and whose name I spotted here. <laughs> you spring that <laughs> me. Yeah, this is the little surprise I said I had. Jess, did your parent have an exercise bike? How did you draw this? No, so...
3: Before I was a Sonic fan, I was big into Garfield for some reason.
0: And to be honest, this
3: is basically a, a Garfield picture that I just copied and put Knuckles in.
2: Oh,
0: I can see oh. it. Yeah, <laughs> I can see the set. That's a shame because we just said how original it was. Yeah,
3: we just talking about how
1: original it was and so clearly not copied yeah. from anything. I mean,
3: to be fair, most of these are from the comics, so mine is at least creative plagiarism.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you're doing here is you're doing the kind of plagiarism where this is the kind you want to do where no one's ever going to know because it's not from the thing. <laughs> Over here, we've got someone doing the Sonic winky face that you see on everything, including a tattoo this and last issue. We've yeah. got a Kitchen Knuckles. We've got stuff like that. No, nobody was expecting a Garfield. <laughs> no... <laughs> That's how you get in. That's how you get See, Tom was annoyed on issue fifty that he never got in because he never copied anyone else. That's how That's you get right. in. Yes, you got yes. a copy of an existing. That's where we drew that
1: one live. <laughs> you know, we didn't finish describing it there, Div, because no. it's Knuckles on the extras. He's huffing and puffing away, <laughs> <Yes>. a big cloud <sighs> coming out of his mouth, and he's holding a carrot in his free hand.
0: <laughs> yes. And okay, now I have to I, I'm gonna have to call you up on something here, Jess. We do not like to see knuckles his hands exposed that's something that yeah i don't like that s- That makes me angry very now. uncomfortable <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you've drawn him as a, a three-fingered cartoon hand there but with just little pokey knuckles yeah, that,
3: that probably would have been the garfield thing i think <laughs> yeah it must be
0: <laughs> <laughs> jess tell us about yourself just while you're on uh, this little guest spot because the- jess has worked for sega yeah, yeah. oh really
3: so yeah. i was a producer on a lot of PC titles mainly, so on a few uh, Sonic games actually. Oh, really sonic generations for example oh you know? i
0: i really enjoyed the sonic pc Transform. version of sonic generations that's what i played Good. what does the producer do in those circumstances because the game already has been produced right
3: yes yeah, so it's kind of managing the um so the port was done by uk developer all oh, right so it's kind of managing the schedules and uh, the development of that
1: you know i was just thinking to myself the other day how long it's been since we yeah. found a boomer who sent in a picture or a letter that's
0: it's great that
1: we found another one
0: isn't it yeah no it just it absolutely just so happens that uh, me and jess already know each other and so since here she was in the comic i thought i'd drag her in for a couple of minutes
1: Uh,
3: uh, how did you uh,
0: come to sonic the comic and sonic were you a fan from the
1: start like the rest of us or Uh,
3: i think i started from issue five or so and i didn't actually have any of the games before Ah, like dave
0: we're a rare breed
3: yeah in fact, I think the first game I had was the Tiger Ooh,
0: Electronics, the LCD. God, yeah, <laughs> probably me too. Actually, yeah, uh, yeah, actually owned. And then we mostly just sort of had a private conversation, so I'm just going to skip most of it. And so there you go. That's the that, th- 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 thanks for popping in, Jess. I've not seen you in ages. That was good. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much for
1: coming on. That's a, that was. A, I wasn't pre-warned about that. No, you <laughs> really can't I could see him doing something else. In yeah, the court, he, he was, was like, like Dave. Are I'm you, chatting away, and he was like listening, a, David. Yeah. What, no, are yeah. well,
0: what are you doing? What <laughs> are you doing? The ping. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Chris. All right. There you go. Thanks for coming on, Jess. <laughs> Chat to you again sometime. Thanks very much. Nice to see you. Oh, no
3: worries.
0: Have a good
1: one. Bye. Bye. Zone Runner and the Big Freeze Part 4 Written by Mark Isles, Art by Roberto Corona Colors by Brian Williamson And letters by Steve Potter Tails drives Nuts and Bolt into such a fury by saying the word Sonic over and over <laughs> that the robot's superheated head melts right off his living ice body.
0: Yes, it has the same effect on you when Tails mentions Sonic over and over. Doesn't it? <laughs> For his last act, Nutsand's
1: severed noggin headbutts the computer controlling the weather in the chemical plant zone, which causes the chemical ice to start melting, threatening to flood the zone, until Tails provides Saab with his microputer, which she uses to stop the thaw and stabilise the zone's weather. The zone is saved, and Tails returns home, where of course Sonic is far
0: too busy for Tails to tell him what's happened. So, big highs and lows in panel 1, Chris. Yeah. (laughs) Nutsan says, Goodbye, Zone Runner. It hasn't been nice knowing you. Which I like. That's fun. And then Tails says, I wish Sonic was here. He'd
1: know what to do. Uh, Yeah, but I excuse it this time because it actively serves a plot
0: purpose. It serves a plot purpose. This is where it's all coming round on this stuff now, yeah. You could even—it's almost, I'm not quite going to go this far, but you could even use this to justify the notion that it's all been set up for this. Building point. to this. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, the idea that Nutsan gets mad and shoots steam out his ears and mm-hmm. fire out his nose when t- he hears the word Sonic goes right back to the first Zone Runner series. Oh, serial. I didn't remember. He did it then, really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the panels popping off the top of his head and a flame coming up? Yeah. So um, I didn't realize I it was when if he said I Sonic was. Yeah, yeah, it's specifically in response to the S-word. Oh,
2: yes! He said the
1: S-word! No one uses the S-word in my control room. Yeah, So I don't know if Iles was necessarily thinking so far ahead (laughs) when he did that that it would pay off with this, but you, it's a payoff yeah. you know i can't yeah can't get mad about it even though i do hit that line <laughs> but <laughs> i no,
0: can't, can't complain yeah it's great but it means that yeah all of the extra heat from the steam melts the ice and as it led, pops off and it goes back yeah. into its little wheelie trundly mode which i love yeah. head wheels out once once again i really
1: love how corona has illustrated the melting too Mm. on that last panel on page one where the jaw has started to melt from the middle and like an night like ice would really melt it's it's melted down it's become thinner it's broken in the center it's pulled back up to the jaw still it's really good yeah it
0: looks great i I mean it's, it's a good artist isn't he yeah good getting better all the art is great here yeah okay so look the top half of a skull is inherently quite funny anyway put a little <laughs> put a little cross brow on it little make it look cross that's funny make it be grumbling and shouting that's funny Put attach little wheels to it and have it drive around as a car. Yeah. that's really funny. Yeah. Little smokestacks then... out there for, for the
1: top of the head. He, I think he doesn't have those in the first serial. He's got oh. them all the way through here, but I don't think he had them when the head was attached to the body. Oh right. Uh, oh, well, they're yeah, really he just funny. Just sprouted them whenever his head came off at the end of the previous uh, serial. So, he's, oh. he's had the, the, so they they were specifically designed yeah, to be little like vehicular smokestacks, and they're they're still there this time. No. It's since his severed head has been attached to this
0: ice body. Oh <laughs> right. Okay, so that's, it's great it's a great visual. All Love of it. that is great. It's funny. And then what he does is he needs to go and use his controls, but he hasn't got any hands. So he just yeah, he goes <laughs> bonks his face into the controls. He just yeah. jumps off and smacks into the control box. Yeah, it's and then the control
1: box goes rapid heating engaged thank you <laughs> because it's been <laughs> headbutted <laughs> that's a good running gag in these zone runner stories is this vaguely anthropomorphized little computer consoles jolly well closing door for a third time
0: <laughs> from the yeah. original one with the... i love a good aisle strip once you're a few episodes in you know yeah yeah this one has been a surprisingly pleasant experience
1: <laughs> you've just figured it out all at the end now this is his last
0: tail strip yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And um. Oh, and after that, the little cross patched skull basically drowns in you know yeah. whatever the lava mega chemical is. ice. yes yeah.
1: <laughs> You're too late. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's loving it. He's like, I've defeated you.
1: Then yeah, but he, he smashed up the controls, and Sab's all like, If only we had a pewter.
2: And Tails <laughs> says, Well, would this help?
1: And yes. us, and then she's able to. I mean, t- Sab is the one who then takes it from him. <laughs> plugs it into the broken console and uses the computer to run the instant freeze, stop the thaw, and then stabilise the weather in his zone and return everything really back to normal. So Sab is the one who does it, but Tails gets the credit because he happened to have the computer on him.
0: I do like the two panels of it going from the sort of melting thawing room yeah. to a frozen again one. Although it's a shame you have to turn the page. You can't they're not easy to compare. That's it. It
1: would have been even better if they could have been two identical side-by-side mm, yeah. panels where the only difference was the cuz it's even a different size of panel when you flip it.
0: It's quite dramatically different, yeah. It would have
1: been a great a better effect, yeah, if they'd been side-by-side and you could see go going...
0: I had to turn back a page to realise it had happened. Really, I was like, "Oh, I mm-hmm. bet that's different." And then turn back, and yes, it is. You know, so no, I wasn't really concentrating. There, yeah, you can see where like the uh, the splash there, mm, love for that
1: instance, in the, has has frozen in mid splash. Yeah they come out and everybody's coming up out of the underground city that we saw earlier in the strip which was flooding with the melted ice chemicals and they're all like wait hey, it's on runner, us and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't really do anything did <laughs> the usual the usual protestations I didn't really do anything yeah. but again again this is something we've observed in this one here again I and mean, it was the good payoff to the previous serial as well is that Yes, yeah, Tails did do it indirectly, yeah. but it was as a result of his actions yeah. that, that he was defeated compared to uh, The Goblin Hunt where all he did was f- jump off a roof. It was it was his big saving <laughs> moment. You know? And then we get the same ending we've got to literally every tail strip ever. <laughs> where he flies back to where he was sleeping which was the Marble I mean I, I said home in the summary but they did say back in the first part remember said it was the Marble Garden Zone
0: oh yeah 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 I quite like the fact that he says uh Byron look after my coat <laughs> he's got <laughs> yeah. this coat he's gotta have this hero coat there his
1: helping it's coat. absolutely essential to his zone runner
0: identity <laughs> yeah. he can't take it home and he can't not no, wear no. it when he's there <laughs> it does nothing it doesn't he's help like,
1: like he can't have it with him because Sonic would be like where'd you get the coat
0: <laughs> yeah and, but it just doesn't help. There's no purpose for the coat at all. You think they
1: could make it so that fitted him? You know, there must be tailors somewhere there. But then he, he settles back down under the tree to get some sleep. But oh no, Sonic and Amy have turned up before he can fall asleep. And he won't believe what's happened to me. We don't have time for that. <sighs> the end. <Beep>. Yeah. <laughs> Immy wearing her flower dress here as she comes a-running up. The flower dress seen previously in the Corona-drawn first Amy strip from uh, the Christmas issue, what was that issue 41, wasn't it? Okay. And it's a bit, it was on the cover of issue 44 as well. Tails returns to STC soon, and you won't believe who's with him.
0: And that's, there we go. Bye-bye,
1: Tails. So this marks the end of, uh, as far as I can remember, this is the last Mark Isles Tails strip. And, uh, yeah, I would absolutely call this one a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Well this done, It was surprisingly entertaining. All the little ideas came together in the end. The, uh, They were able to flesh out the identities of these original characters a bit mm-hmm. so that, so that, uh, you know there there was there made me care about sulfuric a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like it did it all backwards where the, we barely even heard his name in the first serial. We were sort of expected to recognize him when he turned up at the start of this one. Yeah. And I only did because I remembered him from this one when I reread the first one, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, although if you hadn't if you hadn't flagged him up, I would not have noticed him being named exactly. at all. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But it, uh, yeah, it actually all worked itself out in the end. And I've said it before, but I always kind of had the fondness for the old living ice and snow type mm. villains. So doing that with, no, and he's a robot, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got an, wheels on his head. You know, there's a <laughs> nuts and bolts. Probably deserved a little more cred than he got. Yeah. You know, but uh, but being a tales villain. Doesn't doesn't really gather you a lot of cred in in STC, does it? You know? When they do those villain cram stories down the line, whenever they bring back old baddies, it's not like Trog is turning back up for another go round. (laughs) As we move off of Tales, though, and go over to the next page, there's one little fun linking thing, which is that as Sonic and Amy come running up at the very end of the strip, Amy's wearing her flower dress, yes. which we saw before in her first strip, back in the Christmas issue, issue 41. And it was on the cover of issue 44 as well. So, And it's that image from the cover of 44 that
0: gets reused on the next page. Yeah, it says, Score a bullseye, reserve your copy of Sonic the Comic, and aim to beat the fortnightly rush and it's Amy as in Amy yeah like a hen's aim and she's aiming (laughs) her bow (laughs) I don't know if there'll be a single listener who knows what we're on about with that there's got to be at least one or two (laughs) (laughs) and it's just a whole page given over to a reservation coupon a thing that is not required Hmm. to make your news agent reserve you a copy of a magazine you want you just tell them Yes, this isn't a mail-away subscription
1: form. Nope. This is. We've seen a few of these reservation coupons before, but usually only in half-page adverts when they've needed to fill that out. This is, yeah, write in your name and say, Dear News Agent, please keep behind the counter for me a copy of... Yeah sonic the comic and they would write your name on the cover in biro or pan so they would know it was you and then that would be always
0: yours forever and you would know it was yours and then, then yeah, yeah that's how it worked back in the day so you don't need that and it implies that they were trying to fill up space they just had an empty Yes, page. yes
1: we've already had a pin up this issue so we've
0: already had a pin up now we've got an, it sounds as if a couple of advertisers perhaps didn't jump on board in time and they needed to just quickly chuck something on mm-hmm. so they grabbed the, lo- the latest you know picture of amy rose that they've got and stuck it on a page the end
1: yep it's <laughs> an earthworm gym special
0: yeah and it provides us if we don't say anything weird with the title for our episode virgin slithery release the first yeah! <laughs> three words on the whole Q zone <laughs> no <laughs> Virgin's slithery release, yeah. Earthworm Jim, caused a stir with its amusing and innovative gameplay. Fans will squirm with delight as game guru David Gibbon reveals some slippery secrets. <laughs> rather, he didn't, enabling you to slide through the levels with ease. And it is just a walkthrough. Um, but it's <laughs> if you didn't know about Earthworm Jim. And you, and you were reading this to try and figure out what games were like in the old days.
1: That first <laughs> sentence, right? Head right, stand next
0: to the cow and whip the fridge to launch the cow in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, flush yourself down the loo and breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's if you fancy a level warp, there's a toilet that will carry you to hidden sections. Hit the accountant using your whip, then quickly jump out of the way before he throws his money at you. That's good. Good life I advice.
1: jump out of the way of money anybody was throwing at me. Well, <laughs> maybe it was paper money, maybe. <laughs> I don't know who's going
0: to throw a couple of pound coins at me. <laughs> oh, no, you'd be made up then. Another pound yeah, coin! Another pound coin! A pound They'd coin! It hurt, though. <laughs> <laughs> a
2: pound coin! <laughs> New.
0: Yeah, in the absence of the news zone in STC I like to keep abreast of what was going on and so we return to the news section of Mean Machine Sega where we find out a lot of information about the 32X. The title of this little news section is called Scavenger Stuns on 32X and it says here this if you're the owner of a Mega Drive 32X, you're probably a bit peeved at the moment. Yeah, you probably are. Hmm. Sure, Star Wars, Doom, and Virtua Deluxe were cool, but nothing else has really been worth a look. The shots on these pages should hopefully convince you that 32X has a very rosy future mm. and can finally stand proud amongst the other 32-bit platforms. <laughs> oh, doo doo do, doo, dear. Do, do, do. The scavenger team's Xyrinx and newcomers Lemon are taking the 32X into the future with a range of games that look frankly incredible. And if you think that the graphics here are astounding, you ought to see them move. Fast, smooth and incredibly impressive, you couldn't believe that these are just early demos. That's right, demos. The coders were keen to point out that the finished games will be even better than the visuals seen here. The obvious question must be, what do these teams know that every other 32X programmer doesn't? Now that's an interesting question, I'll answer it in a minute. Obviously it's something quite special and unique to the 32X hardware, because the programmers are also told Mean Machines that if their routines were ported over to the Saturn, they wouldn't run as fast. Unbelievable stuff. The first announced title from the Scavenger teams is Batman Forever for Acclaim which we couldn't take pictures of, unfortunately, but believe us, it's well up to the standard of the demo seen here, and should revolutionize 32X gaming when it's released at the end of the year. Guess what, Chris? That's very moving. Except for one small problem. It never happened. Didn't happen. Nothing on these two pages ever happened. Oh, the whole thing? <laughs> the whole thing Brutal.
2: the whole thing Did the
0: company go out of business sort of so what happened is so uh, i looked into it and basically what you have here is this is a company made up of people who were demo scene artists oh, On Mia, Mia. Mia. and uh, they were anyone listening if you don't know what that means is you may have heard me waxing lyrical about the fact that there's a new dizzy game out recently for the zx spectrum and it runs on real Mm. zx spectrums you might have heard of it wonderland dizzy well it can do things that none of the actual contemporary dizzy games could do even though it's on literally the same hardware that is because for the last 40 years demo people demo sceners have been working on the spectrum they've been working on the amiga mega drive all of it these are people who, what they do is they're not trying to make games, they're just trying to see how far they can push the hardware. They were out at the time, they're like, random tunes that people used to listen to on the Amiga and Spectrum at the time and still think are good now were attached to these demos. Text would be waving and rolling around and zooming in and out of the screen and there'd be music and all of this was demo scene. It's people who are granularly getting into the code and what you can do with the code and how much you can do with as little as possible. The poetry. Of programming the two most impressive ones I've ever seen to me personally as a layman not knowing exactly that I'm sure there's other ones that are even more impressive but I just didn't recognize it one was a ZX Spectrum showing a full color picture like it looked like it was on a Mega Drive or something maybe a master system but it was full color anyway and that was done with trickery that nobody had figured out the spectrum could even do back when it was an ongoing thing that was a demo called Parallactica and the other one was this piece of music and footage of rolling hills well not footage it was being generated live all of which was crammed into god i want to say 4k of data or something like almost nothing it was in fact 4k not the screen resolution the amount of kilobytes and the demo is called elevated by rgba and tbc you can find it on youtube not like less than a than it would take to save a word document tiny bit of code able to generate these 3d mountains that you were flying over and listen to music at the same time that is what demo scenes can do this company hired a load of them to figure out what you can do with the 32x and pitch it to sega and what they made was so good that it's still held up now as an impressive piece of programming and one of the more impressive like i mean this is what i saw on wikipedia or something still held up as one of the most impressive 3d generation engines there's been and so what i'm looking at is photographs of special effects which is listed under doctor who effects and it's just whirly wooshy stars and things like the uh, the original intro to doctor who and of course that's just demo scene then there are these shots of like uh, city streets where you're just going past buildings and under bridges demo scene it's all just demo stuff none of it went anywhere they didn't i don't think they made a game For the 32x at all and then yeah they just disbanded and the the company went under but well there you go but then the same people are still working in games they all just went and had jobs but yes that never happened because the 32x never happened this was the last attempt really at doing something with the 32x and it never happened
2: sonic's world
0: face from the past part one written by Lou Stringer, art by Gary Andrews, letters by Steve Potter, miscredited here as Ellita Fell. Ooh, eagle-eyed Chris noticing that one. I can't not,
1: I just, I
0: know the (laughs) letters from this bloody comic inside and out and have for 25 years, it's (laughs) sickening. The Freedom Fighters ambush one of Robotnik's prison transports and rescue the prisoners within, one of whom turns out to be a brown hedgehog who looks just like Sonic used to and who claims to be Sonic's long-lost brother, Tonic. Sonic doesn't believe the Stranger, and he runs off in tears. What? Does he? Oh, the Stranger does. Sorry, and Sonic does. He's like, he's lying, he's not my brother.
2: (laughs) I haven't got a brother.
0: So Tails follows to check on him, and discovers that he is an imposter attempting to infiltrate the Freedom Fighters. In reality, Tonic is the shape-shifting Metamorphia it's metamorphia, metamorphia. <laughs> yeah on the one hand a critical version of me could say that lou stringer is a little bit obsessed with this oc's come up with
1: i know right he's done nothing but oc's hasn't he? this is metamorphia's third go round she had her first strip the sequel strip in the very next issue and we haven't seen her since is
0: that right but that's that's a full 20 issues to be fair oh my word really yeah. god how many of these episodes have we done i know right flip in it but she is a good character yep. and she can morph into anything that is you can use that for anything he has pirate, quite right simple, to keep bringing it yep, back yep yep also we got gary andrews who yes who is the cartoonist from marco's magic, Marcus football, magic football
1: yes i don't think You're i realized sorry. that
0: at the time but um, oh my goodness
1: isn't it good <laughs> It's I loved this back in the day. I right. th- latched onto this immediately. This is more than anything else in <laughs> this British Sonic the Hedgehog comic. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog through the filter of British children's yeah. comics.
0: Yeah, this is the beano Sonic we've ever seen. This is the Buster Sonic. This is it. This make- And I think he's better in this issue, at everything, than he oh, was on Marco's Magic yes,
1: Football. Yes, uh, absolutely.
0: Like backgrounds, characters, all of it. Yeah, lovely, sharp, vibrant colors, too. None of that kind
1: of washed out look Marco had going on.
0: No, and I liked him then. No big, empty, barren voids. Was Baron Void the villain in Marco's Magic Football, I think? <laughs> that <was his> name. <laughs> yeah, no, love the art on this. It's. Just great. His tails and his Porker are really cute. Oh my god, how great is his Porker? Yeah, so porker good. has
1: literally never looked happier. This is <laughs> the last time Porker would ever be this happy.
0: <laughs> the face of innocence. I've said it before, but here it is. The last moment of happiness on the face of porker Oh, Lewis. He's got a
1: real porky pig <laughs> vibe going
0: on though, but he looks mm. so happy. He's got porky pig as friar tuck look going on he's got that little (laughs) grin
1: (laughs) i love his paunch i just love the shape of him even johnny looks a bit too paunchy to be honest i don't mind i like i like his johnny but it doesn't quite feel right
0: there's something about the model i think the nose is too big might be i can't quite tell what it is about this whole strip is that on other occasions we've either had an artist Struggling to draw in Sonic style, or successfully drawing in Sonic style, or making Sonic style their own, in, like Richard Elson does. Right, yeah. this is someone just going, "No, I'm drawing in my style," and. Yeah. It just is so nice to see. And it also just happens to be a really good, like, mm. fit. It just matches nicely, yeah. It wonderful. Oh, it's lovely. Oh, I could look at this all day. I it's saw lovely. someone just the other day, actually. I didn't twig. I didn't, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw the one too. Yeah, yeah I didn't realise it was from this. Posting this panel of I'll go if you don't want me. And, yeah, when Tonic runs off and Sonic's got a grumpy face. Sonic's looking back at Amy with his grumpy face and with his little ooh mouth. Mm, little pokey mouth. Is, it's British comics language for confusion but also it's being used here as a bit of a pout. Well, yeah, it's it's more of a pipe than confusion, yeah. Yeah, but you know what I mean, though? It is a a standard British comic. Like, if you look on the previous page, he's got it for confusion, and Amy's got it for confusion. Tomic's doing it Yeah, on the row above, yeah. It's a standard British comic expression, but I see it posted around as like, oh, that's a weird face for Sonic to pull. Yeah,
1: I did, yeah. But
0: it isn't to us. (laughs) Don't, Don't... Stop it. Don't be dumb. Yeah. No. But the thing is, as British comics have declined, it has gone away and I intend yeah, yeah. to flip and bring it back. I'm putting <laughs> it in my comic. My comic is rolling along. It's going to be finished sometime this year. I promise you. I don't promise <laughs> you. But it's going to be finished and it's going to have that face in it a lot. <laughs> Mark my <laughs> words. But yeah, this, I love this. I will say, I don't think Gary quite fully understood what he was looking at when he looked at the robotic reference. Something about the second drawing of Robotnik. Yes, yes. It, mm-hmm. It's like he's drawn a Richard Elson, I think, Robotnik, where you're looking kind of down on him. So he's got... His teeth are kind of in a smiley position. But when Richard drew it, it looked like an angry face. When Gary draws it, it looks like a smiley face, but with this giant flap of lip coming off it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't even really look like a lip. The no. Thing.
0: We it, see the, t- the
1: inside of the... Maybe if the inside was coloured differently. That, but, yeah yes. uh, But it's just coloured the same tone as the, as the rest of the flesh. And yeah, it just looks like, yeah, wow. To be honest, right up until you pointed it out to me, Mm. I'd been sort of mentally parsing it. Hmm the way it's, like, intended to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, yeah, it is actually horrific. It, that's the thing. <laughs> no, it's kind I'm of horrific. What because saying, what yeah. you
0: are seeing is a man with some of the bottom of his face flayed and, and flapping <laughs> around. Yeah just, it's, yeah, just hanging around. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> not nice. Not, yeah, that's unpleasant. But does a great grimer. Great. Gr- everything else is great. There's not a single thing I dislike anywhere else in the rest of the stuff. Wow. I love this. It's great. Yeah, it's great. But as far as the story goes... Yeah. Because it could go on about the art. I've
1: always loved the art on this, and it was a real shock to hit mm. this now and discover
0: it was the same guy did Marco's Magic Football. But but anyway, the story's a little wobbly. The story is a very basic sort of I'm your twin, and it turns out to be imposter story. Yeah,
1: the first page is Robotnik and Grimer in the lab, and Grimer introducing Robotnik to... um, Tonic, and Tonic's like my mission is to infiltrate Sonic's outlaw group, gain their trust, learn their plans, and destroy them. So we know from beat one that it's all fake. Yeah, That's a bad storytelling choice, you know. And then I'm unclear if we're ever supposed to believe that Tonic is really Sonic's brother or not. Maybe the idea is supposed to be that he's just working for Robotnik, Yeah, but it doesn't matter because you don't you know lying is happening so you know you're you're lost eh?
0: and also in that robotic page he's depicted with red glowing eyes yes so i'll admit i thought he was a robot rather than i thought he was metamorphic sure so that was a twist yeah
1: and uh, there's this one line as well and i've seen this one passed around because i i mean I, I clocked this 25 years ago when tonic says oh maybe you don't remember me we were born at a very young age oh i love yes, that babies line babies do tend to be born young that's a great line that's a good joke i think the question is that's simply the question is it a joke or is it just a, a tossed off line that uh, didn't uh, get caught by no. the end no
0: no you don't you don't be a lifelong gag strip writer and that not be a joke we were, but... know, yeah, you don't remember. We I, were don't, born just, at very I don't young age. scans as a joke. No, oh, All right, well, I like it. There's no punchline. Fair enough, well, I like it. <laughs> I'm just going to enough I'm but... just gonna sit here liking it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the punchline, it is the punchline. The punchline is this guy is clumsily trying to pass himself off as a brother. Sonic already doesn't believe it. So he's like, no, 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 no. we were born well, at a yeah, very if, young age. I'm sure you won't remember That's a joke by itself. Uh, yeah, but nobody flags it up. Well, no, quite. Well, sort of. I mean Sonic doesn't believe him. So Yeah, but Sonic wouldn't believe him anyway. Yeah. To be honest if I remember right this
1: is just a two-part story which right. is why we have the last page reveal that it's really Metamorphia. But mm-hmm. it like again probably would have been better if we could have had a few more parts out of it and not found out out of the gate that it was Metamorphia. Yeah, like it's yeah. a so- it's a solid if stock plot concept. That, unfortunately, just kind of has to speed through all its beats in a very short space of time and so doesn't get get the most out of them. Yeah. But it's It's still always nice
0: to see Metamorphia. It's nice to see Metamorphia. It's lovely to see Gary Andrews, I hope. I mean, I don't think we'll see him draw Sonic outside part two no, of this.
1: I No, this two part is all I remember. I don't remember any more. Maybe, I don't know, but this is all I remember. And I loved it then, and I love it now, and, God, I wish you I wish could have done more. This
0: is, like, what I want... A whole comic of. <laughs> I just yeah. want Sonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want Sonic comics that like this. Because it. Doesn't it remind you of like that obscure French Sonic and Knuckles comic or whatever bet, and stuff bet, like that?
1: Yeah. It's not a majillion miles removed from early Archie stuff, is Well,
0: no, indeed. No, it isn't. And uh, and we don't mind that either. No. Early Archie
1: stuff would lack the. um, mm, I don't know. how... Lack the British energy. Well, yes. It's the only, there's just something so indes- uh, indefinably uniquely buster about this there really know?
0: is yeah one thing i will say no to in this trip is his mm. name being tonic no to that what a rubbish name. rubbish stupid no no nope. sorry yeah. sorry but no <laughs> but everything else yes
1: yeah <laughs> One of the other things, actually, that we should mention, this strip introduces because it's paying off a theme that's running through this issue is this is the strip that introduces Amy's new getup, which appears mm. on the cover. And so technically, you could say the cover introduced it, but I'm sure what happened was Andrews drew it, and then uh, Flint drew the cover based on based the content on... of the strip. Yeah. So yeah, this is Amy in her white shirt with a red heart on and a green skirt, green plaid yes. skirt which will become recognised as one of Amy's sort of definitive... STC original looks. She will have several over the years, but
0: yeah. When I think of STC Amy, this is the outfit that I think of. I
1: think that's because Elson would draw her in it quite a few times. I was going to say, in, that's in, what I'm picturing, Yeah, yes. I don't know if Elson ever drew her in the Corona flower dress. No. We will see the flower dress again several times, I think. Someone's told me it's her second most common look. I mm. don't remember it that well. Mm. It makes it into one of the game books. What? The flower dress. Yeah, it's on the, one of the covers of one of the game books.
0: Really? didn't even know amy made it into one of those yes theme park
1: panic uh, not sure what number that is in the series but amy is on the cover of the book and she is in the yellow uh, yellow dress with orange print uh, flowers yeah, and yeah, the shirt underneath
3: that.
0: it yeah mm-hmm. so
1: that's uh, so, uh one of those weird little instances of what you have to assume is yeah stc uh, originated designs creeping outwards yeah
0: Steve-wise.
1: James Turley from Plymouth says, I hate to say this, but your reviews are printed way too late. When you reviewed Urban Strike, it probably would have taken less time to enter the red zone. Whee. Oh, you get that then, do you? No! Okay, good. Well, don't <laughs> pretend like you do then. to feel stupid for not getting it. <laughs> Maybe that's a thing from Urban Strike. <laughs> yeah. Megadroid says, point taken, Jim, as our technical review circuits were out of whack. However, it's amazing how a twiddle with a few circuits can make all the difference.
0: you got to give them props for printing all of these criticism ones, don't you? I mean, yes, their reviews are often quite late, but,
1: uh, I mean, maybe he's hearkening back to their suspiciously advanced
0: reviews that <laughs> featured in this issue. <laughs> yes. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, they've certainly uh, compensated and possibly overcompensated for that yes, problem. Review- Reviewing so well there that games that didn't exist got reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Same gear, Richard Harries of Adelston, Surrey, says, Dear Megadroid, I've noticed that in the Speedline section, you're normally yellow and black, but when you answer Boomer's questions, you change colour. Why is this? You know, I feel like maybe we've mentioned it at times, but just to... Just to yeah, really remind
1: nice everybody if you don't doesn't read along yeah on the speed lines page Megadroid's answers to the questions have the clip art image of Megadroid's face next to them it's just to show you know right. hey it's this character speaking here denotes the answer to the letter hmm. and Megadroid is normally yellow in the control zone and in the image in the top of the speed lines but his yeah they print the face in different colors in the response to that just for a bit of visual interest Yes. and uh, his response to being challenged on this is give me a break rich what would you feel like not to mention smell like if you wore this." see him outfit
0: day in day out yeah yep. definitely handled i thought i mean because yeah the answer is oh, it's just graphic design is my passion but uh, yeah <laughs> i had
1: to say tom fowler uh, a man ahead of himself
0: <laughs> yeah tom fowler has written
1: in to say i read a book called the hobbit by jr <laughs>
0: he's reading the extended edition <laughs>
1: I read a book called The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien and thought it would make a great game. You could play as Gandalf the Wizard or Bilbo the Hobbit, and as you go through the levels, you'd encounter trolls, goblins, and spiders to escape the Elven King. The ultimate challenge being to defeat Smaug the Dragon and get the treasure. Not bad, eh? And Megadroid says, Not content with the book. Now you want the game. Do you make a hobbit of this? Hey! I
0: get that one hey. <laughs> a man ahead
1: of himself there tom fowler
0: it is strange to think that there wasn't really a lord of the rings game on the mega drive
1: yeah even in the time before time like yeah. even before the movies happened to the point that it has to even be introduced as a book called the hobbit yeah i know not just i read the hobbit yeah
0: <laughs> uh, right listen i've just done some searching and there kind of is and it looks great. <laughs> there's a game called Rings of Power. I'm sending you a link to it on YouTube, and you can just see the general look of it. And it's like Populous. It's one of those things where you've got a little isometric box in the middle, and as you walk around, as what appears to be a hobbit, that landscape comes undulating in and out, and there's buildings going out of. Fwoar, I like the look of it. I don't like the sound of it. It's it's some of the worst. Uh, jangly spangly mega drive music i've ever heard but
1: Ugh. oh oh no that's terrible <laughs>
0: gosh that is a strange little thing yeah
1: it's all it all takes place like within one square hmm. and the background moves
0: underneath you that's right yeah that's odd and it's definitely talking like it's got elven runes around the edge everybody's a hobbit I've just gone 346, there's Gandalf. Yeah, there he is. I don't know where he is on the screen, but he's talking anyway. Yeah. So there is, I might have a go on this. Developed by Naughty Dog and
1: published by EA in 1992. Naughty Dog! Um... 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 No, this isn't a Hobbit game. It is, though. Well, yeah, it is, but it's not. Yeah. It's just the player takes on the role of a young sorcerer whose quest is to collect 11 rings and use them to remake a powerful weapon to defeat an evil god.
0: Right, so they've filed all the names off. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, whatever, I'm happy with yeah, that.
1: And there's not one hit for Lord of the Rings on
0: the Wikipedia article at all. No? <laughs> what? They didn't even mention that it's similar? No. God. I mean, because when you look at it, especially if you look at the title screen, there is no avoiding the fact that it is a Lord of the Rings game. (laughs) But yes, what we're saying is,
1: to sum up anyway, is there isn't actually an official Lord of the Rings game or Hobbit game uh, yet, which is odd, because you thought somebody would have had a punt at it even as a point yeah. and clicker or something or something yeah
0: i mean but it, it was in a period like star wars there was a period of obscurity for it i just bloody had no idea
1: what lord of the rings was till the films came out honestly i mm-hmm. knew of it from having heard it referenced but the way people sometimes talked about it like it was this uh like it was star wars like yeah. it was some sort of universal experience that everybody was aware of and knew of and i'm like it just
0: was i think it was was it it might even have been orlando bloom in the stuff for the film. I remember someone saying, oh, yeah, my uh, when I turned 11, my dad gave me the book and he said, you've got one month to read that and left me with it and I'd read it all. And it's like, I can't imagine any child being at all. Like, we had it on our shelves. Yeah. It was a mum and dad book and I tried and I couldn't. Like, it was yeah, way too grown up. descriptions of scenery and tree branches yeah, just hills with, like what compass direction the hills went down in and what what cops there was and stuff yeah exactly but um no i the one the one little extrusion of lord of the rings into pop culture i ever saw was i was in beatys one day you remember beatys the toy shop no well they were a toy shop and uh it was one of the ones that i used to be able to read out when they used to list toy shops on things uh. they had a card game which I now recognise was probably a collectible card game, but you you bought a box of a pretty sturdy deck, but then you could buy booster packs for it. And it was just a Lord of the Rings card game. I've still got it somewhere, and it's like the one ring on a card and, you know, Helm's Drill on one card. I can't think of any Lord of the Rings names now. <laughs>
1: you <make> <laughs> Helms
0: Deep was probably on there. What's the elf town called? That one where Listen,
2: I'm just lives.
1: relieved to know that you give as little of a thought f- about
2: Lord of the Rings as I do. But I don't! I read The Hobbit a million times when I was a kid, uh, and I read The Lord of go. the Rings for the first time when I was 13, and I can also tell you that there were eight Lord of the Rings games out by the time this issue would have come out. None on the Genesis or any other Sega systems, but one would have been ported to the SNES by this point, and that port of The Lord of the Rings Volume 1 was the only one I ever played, and it was incomprehensible, but it was originally ON THE AMIGA! And for that matter, most of them are on the Spectrum, too, so I'm actually kind of shocked Dave doesn't know about that.
0: Yeah, thank you. No, I did know about that. The Hobbit is one of the most famous games on the Spectrum. Yeah, well, Dave, you didn't
2: say that, did you?
0: Well, I think you'll find if you go back that this whole thing started when I said it's weird that there's no Lord of the Rings games on the Mega Drive. Genesis. Which you think, if you read between the lines, I was implying that there's
2: no games on the Mega Drive. Genesis. Yes, all right, thank you. I'll be clearer next time. You gotta use your words, Dave. Yes, thank They'll you. They'll come for you if you don't. They will. I mean, I did, and I like you. So I'm starting to wonder.
0: Be better, Dave. Right, I'm going to get you back for this in a minute. Anyway, look, Lord of the Rings, I have a healthy respect for it, but it's not my... uh... Oh, I
1: respect it. I didn't give a shit about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't go that far because I did really care about the films as they were coming out, but only that three, the Hobbit. Basically, when the Hobbit film came out, that was it. Bubble burst, the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, and so, like, not just for yourself, but, like, in the wider pop cultural sense as well. Hobbit, one, only one I actually saw in a cinema. Dragged to... God. Didn't give a shit about the other ones, but got dragged to the Hobbit. And I swear I fell asleep. Briefly. Only a little bit. Only a little bit. I'm sure I fell asleep as they were going up a mountain or something.
2: That's the whole film. I know. This is a
0: particularly
1: (laughs) cloudy part of it. (laughs) And basically then the next thing I remember is one of the orcs or cg monsters mm-hmm. pursuing them screaming right into the mm-hmm. screen right down the camera and I was like F- <laughs> F- you, <laughs> <gummon."> <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure dozed off for a minute or two there such
0: a shame because the first one is great and it's all the same stuff it's just hobbits in hobbiton and then they go on an adventure exact same stuff in the hobbit part one but Hobbit part 1 is completely tedious! I did like the song though. Oh god, did you? No. Far no. over... I didn't like that. Oh, oh my god. god. I can't deal.
2: I know this isn't the one he means, but it's better. Fire o'er the misty mountains cold. Twice
1: and God! Twice and God! Now taking the hobbits twice and God! God!
2: Now that's something from my childhood.
0: <laughs> anyway, we've got a couple of bits of art as well on this page. Mm. Uh, one which isn't very interesting, so we'll just uh, skip over it. From Daniel Robson of Stockton, Cleveland. I mean, he's done a bang-up job, mind you, but...
1: Yes, it's a nice drawing, but it's just a copy of the uh, Earthworm Jim he's done box. a bang-up
0: job of is literally just that, yes. it's the uh, Just mm. that picture of Earthworm Jim, the one on the title screen, the one on the box. He's drawn mm. it perfectly well, but to move on. What's the other one we've got? We've got Adam Giverin of Thetford, Norfolk, has drawn so what is it i i don't know
1: it's 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 definitely like something but it's amy anyway the caption says dressed to kill and it's amy it's our aim yes (laughs) in her usual outfit so stop trying to make aim happen aim is not (laughs) gonna happen happen. (laughs) green shirt red skirt but then she's wearing over the top of that. Yeah. She's wearing a big brown bomber jacket. Huge,
0: massive coat. And
1: it's drawn awkwardly as if it's floating over her because you
0: can see... You can see her whole top. Yeah. And her shoulders. And her shoulders, In the, yeah. in the green top underneath. But also, she's also got... Some kind of, like, a choker on, which makes me think it's from whatever he's drawing.
1: Yeah, it could be. And she's got a bandolier over her chest, too.
0: Yeah. And in one hand, she's got
1: a grenade, Yeah. and in the other is a gun, It's I a think.
0: gun, but it's aiming directly at us, so it's kind of difficult yes. to make out.
1: Yeah. And she's wearing combat boots. And
0: she's wearing combat boots. And she's got some sort of golden
1: badge yeah. on, her le- on the left lapel of her jacket. A
0: shield-shaped badge. I'm going to get my eyes yeah. right up to it to see if you can tell what's written in the corner. No no, no. 24 yeah it mean to say? maybe yeah
1: i don't know we'll just it's in. it's something but yeah i'll be jiggered if i can tell you what it is i don't know what she's dressed up as
0: no um so adam giverin or indeed any boomer who can just look at this picture and see if you can figure it out perhaps we'll post it on the if twitter if you
1: are out there and you remember mm,
0: do let us know what it is on
1: twitter or stctpodcast at gmail.com
0: god i wonder what it is well, we'll have to leave wondering, won't we? Because that's the end of the issue. We've got the next yep. issue little thingy here. It says Knuckles Alert, fighting fit in Sonic's world. And it's a picture of Knuckles. Yeah, it's a rough job, isn't it? And short fuse, going at it. <laughs> <laughs> and they are... Um, well, what's happened here is it's a, cart- it's a very cartoony drawing that's been drawn very small. Then it's been blown up then it's been reduced down in exactly the way that I was just waxing lyrical about the fact that the rest of the comic isn't. It's been reduced down to sort of the lowest number of colours possible to print. So it's very blobby. Mm,
1: I would say probably they took the line art and very quickly filled it for the purposes
0: of this section
1: of the comic.
0: Oh, possibly. Might not even have been through the colouring stage yet. It's very mm. blobby-looking. It just it doesn't look very good, and uh, no. it makes me wonder what the actual comic is gonna look like next time.
1: As I recall, this is just a one-shot story next issue
0: right. uh, to fill for time until it's time for uh, Knuckles to, in the next issue. But I recognise... I was staring at it going like, what does this remind me of? And I think mm. I know who the artist is on this oh. i think it's the guy who did those zig and zag comics we were talking about something about oh, well uh, I mean... the eyes and the mouth on knuckles you know so it looks like we are going to be treated next issue to gary andrews drawing sonic and the zig and zag zogazine artist whose name we just looked up and it is john moore drawing knuckles i think i'm going to like issue number yes. 52 quite a lot yes like this, this panel doesn't look
1: great. No, but I have a memory of the art in the strip itself being much better than this. So we'll see how that scans when it when it happens. Yeah,
0: at the very least, it's going to be cartoony and bananas, and I like that in a comic. So yeah, yeah I think I'm going to have a very good time, and that's what we'll get instead of tails, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it'll be instead of tails. Yeah, because then we've also got uh, Sonic Drift Racing pinup, as we knew. Sonic Disaster Part Two, Earthworm Jim Q Zone Special Part Two, Shinobi Mystery from the Orient. Will you settle down? Stop that. <laughs> they haven't mentioned Sonic's World, but that will be. Yeah, so Sonic, Sonic's World, Shinobi, and yes, this Knuckles and Short Fuse uh, one shot story. So, uh, once again, as in this issue, three Sonic strips, one Sega Superstar. Oh, yes. Mm. Now, I'm sure, knowing now that Sparkster's coming up soon, and Echo and Kick Chameleon are coming back, I am sure that this year we will return to a period of two Sonic strips. Two Sega superstars. Oh, right, okay. But we shall see. STC 52 on sale Saturday the 13th of May 1995 still only £1.15 but not for much longer
0: no and not from us our podcast is free yes! you can just pick it up off the ground like a sparkling pound coin so join us there in another two weeks time you can find the
1: show where all good podcasts are available or download it directly from our website at stctp.wigglehe.com but wherever you do get it from do leave us a review because we oh, haven't yes. had
0: any for a while and I'm not them. <laughs> no i keep logging in just in case somebody give us a review please on itunes yes please yes please and five lovely stars so that new people listen to us Oh, we can't grow, but you can support us in other ways. We've got a Patreon we have. We've got a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash STCTP. And you get stuff on this Patreon. We give you special presents. There are videos, and audio equivalents of the videos, where we look at the Martin Adams novels, those Sonic stories that were coming out concurrently with the first issues of STC, that first little era, Sonic in the fourth dimension we're on at the moment. Yes, our favorites. deep in the middle
1: of it by yes. this point.
0: So listen to our analysis of that. And do you like hearing one man and being deeply embarrassed by his own 15 year old self's ideas of what a good sonic story is and another man having to listen to it. Dave, um,
1: I, know. I object to the notion that you are in any way embarrassed by this. <laughs> it's
0: my masterpiece.
1: You are loving it. You are loving it and you are loving subjecting me to it.
0: Um, it's true I like inflicting myself upon people. Nope. I... No, I think that's <laughs> fake,
2: <to>
0: be <laughs> Yeah, be we I am reading, Chris, my fanfic that I wrote when I was 15 years old called The End of Mobius, and I was extremely full of myself when I wrote it, and I thought I was going out there crusading to get the word of STC out there, and the manner by which I was doing this was by simply making up world religions, original characters do not steal, giving them phenomenal cosmic power. It's... It's a disaster, it's humiliating. It's brilliant, go and listen to it, go and join us. Support us and we can pay our editor, Sam, whose work you will find at samgabrielvo.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Sonic Podcast. Yeah, we got that. We did. And we are on there individually as well. I am at Chris McFeeling. And I am at Demon Tomato Dave. We have a theme tune at the beginning of every episode. It's called Synchronize and it is by a band called Sonic the Comic, the band who you can find at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. So you know them, and you know us, and we'll all see each other again next Next time. time.
2: (laughs) Wax on, Dave and Chris. Wax on, wax off.